The following is brought to you by Braided Media. Caribbean food has gotten a bad rap, right? And rightfully so, because people are a lot of people are in the business for the money, not for the love of the food. There's no way Caribbean food is fast food because it takes a process to prepare this stuff, right? <laughs> it's not it's slow go, food. It's when, when, yeah, when you, when you say fast food, you're talking to put a burger and flip it, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And in two minutes, it's done. Caribbean food cooking is a, if cook it the right way, is a process. If you think that you're going to get this huge amount of money because of the labor you put in, sorry. That's why you have to love it. And if you don't love it now, you're really only in it for the business. And then you're just doing whatever. And that's why they break down to people call it fast food. But if you really love it and you're going to put the passion behind it and do it the right way, there is no way anyone can label it fast food. We are what we eat. Bottom line. And, and you know, I see the customer comes to my store and it's like, you know, I'm diabetic. I can't eat this and I can't eat that, right? But I love your food because you have low sodium, you have low salt, you don't put sugar in your food. And, I, and I'm saying... To my Caribbean restaurants out there, man, let's get back to the, the 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 basic of cooking the food and make it taste authentic. Good morning, good day, or good evening, and welcome to Fifty Four Lights. This show is designed to elevate creative Black voices through authentically told stories of Africans, African descendants, or allies of the community. Our work is done in service of rewriting the African narrative and reclaiming the brand that represents people of color. My name is Kendwani Mwase, Ethiopian-born, Canadian-raised, and proudly Malawian. I live and work in the world of business, but find inspiration, energy, and purpose in creative spaces. This show is my passionate pursuit to better understand what shapes and defines culture. It is the manifestation, if you will, of my curiosity. Now, today marks the launch of our focus on food, the official one, that is. Over the next few episodes, we'll sharpen our ears to listen in on the journeys, the triumphs, and the impacts of chefs, cooks, or those in the culinary arts. Now, a few weeks ago, we gave you a taste of what that could look like or what that would look like when we spoke to food activist and Top Chef contestant, Kiki Luya. That conversation was instructive and opened up an important dialogue on reframing food sustainability, defining it, and redefining it, if you will. If you have not yet listened to that episode, I'd suggest you look back in our records and have a listen. It is a remarkable show. 
And we turn our attention now to another remarkable show. This one, the conversation that we're about to embark on. And note that it is no less important or impactful. It's an intimate look at the life and trials of a restaurateur. One who's faced his fair share of obstacles from pavement to pandemic. And as you'll soon hear, he somehow managed miraculously to come out of the other end stronger than ever. His restaurant, Jerk Up Central, a must visit by the way, must, is changing how people are appreciating Caribbean food and of course, the unmistakable Caribbean flavor. Rich in spice and spirit, I hope you'll enjoy what's ahead. It's time. Let's lean in and listen up to our first of several forays into the world of food. This is 54 Lights, and the next episode is the main ingredient, featuring Easton Robinson. Really, really excited to get on the line with a, a close friend and somebody who's been feeding me for years. You are the owner, founder, creator, and originator of Jerk Up Central, which is a, a restaurant in, uh, in the east side of uh, Toronto. But before we go there, before we talk about the business, I want you to uh, introduce yourself to the audience here. What's your name, full name, please? And what's your background? Well, first, I want to say uh, thanks for having me. Uh, it's amazing catching up with you. It's been a while. So my name is Easton Robinson. Uh, background Jamaicans. You know, I have a big family back there. My dad lives there. So I, we go back probably uh, once a year before COVID. What was your relationship with food when you were young? <laughs> when I was a kid, mm-hmm. I used to just, uh, just always curious about watching people cook, just watch it. it. It wasn't hard, right? Just watching people put things together in the kitchen and the outcome, right? Mm-hmm. I, w- I would stand back and was like, wow, that, that's amazing. You can take that and turn it into this, right? So I'm always, I, I remember specific times and moments when my dad would be cooking and I would be standing by the kitchen door. I wouldn't go in the kitchen, but I would be by the door just watching them, watching. right? Mm-hmm. Just watching what he's doing, right? And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, when I grow up, I'm going to do just that. So when, when, when do you think was the first time that you started to like um, cook, like cook for yourself or cook for the family? Did, did, did that happen when you were a kid too? Oh, yeah. Uh, several times my dad would be like, uh, he, he would say, taste the pot, taste it if it tastes good, right? Mm-hmm. I would taste and I was like, uh, maybe you need a little bit more salt or too much salt, right? So from a young age, I was like, I was into that stuff, like uh, tasting. Yeah, yeah, tasting. I think I had a taste bud for good stuff, right? So for me, as a youngster, me and my brothers, like uh, back home, you'd like uh, young guys would be like trying to cook something, right? We always try to cook something and who can cook better, right? Or who tastes better? So from then, I, I think somehow the kitchen always pulled me in, right? 
you haven't always had the restaurant. Like you had another job before. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I used to work. I worked before the before the restaurant. I worked like uh, probably, I would say, a good part of my life is working in the job, right? In a in a regular like nine to five yeah, type in thing. In a regular nine to five type thing, right? But there was always something that just just pulling me towards uh, the kitchen or cooking, right? I always have this confidence that so wherever I go and eat food, I'm always like, you know, I could make this better, right? So I always have that confidence that. Uh, whatever I cook, everybody would love it. Never one moment I ever doubt that. Uh, maybe I can't do that. You so always had that always, swagger. Yeah, you it, always it, had that swagger. It, yeah, it's always, and this is a natural part of. Uh, you'd call it. Uh, I discovered like it's your purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Because it just came natural to me. In a bizarre world, right? So in another universe. Yeah. Is there a part of you that loves to like play basketball or, or, or like, I don't know, like swimming or, or writing, or is this version of Easton, like the only thing you've ever imagined could be? Wow. <laughs> you thought yeah. we were just going to talk about the kitchen. I want to, I want to know Easton. I want to know what you would, yeah. Like, are you, you know, anything, anything. Other than, your question was other than just cooking. Is there something else that I that I really passionate about, right? Yeah. Um, people. I always curious about what people are thinking. You know, when I see people, I'm like, oh, I wonder what he's thinking. What what gets you more pumped up? That you're cooking for the people, as you say, like people who come to your restaurant, people who, you know, are doing takeout or who are, you know, when it's COVID times are able to sit down and eat. Or are you more like, I just love the kitchen here. I love what I'm doing. And, oh, it's great that other people like it, but I'm, this is what, this is what motivates me. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. Uh, So for me, I cook for me. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay. When I'm in the kitchen, whether it's at home or jerk up central. I cook for me. So when I cook for me, I'm, I'm actually cooking the best of me. So when, I, when I'm in there doing whatever, it better turn out right because I'm going to eat it. Right? <laughs> so, so I don't fool around with that. I make, I make sure that this thing is going to come out right. With that in mind, I know if I, if I put me, myself in it, there's no way the customer won't love it. Oh, nice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I don't, usually I don't think about customer feeling good first. I think about me feeling good about the food that I make first. And I know if I feel good, there's no way the customer will feel good. It's transferable, right? Yeah, I know for sure, for sure. And so you you become the, the that like you become that major critic that says yeah. if, if yeah, it can pass it, it, through it, me, I yeah. know people are gonna outside are gonna be yeah. happy with so, it. Yeah. I, and that's how I view it, right? Uh, I know other people probably have a different take on that. They probably say, well, we're cooking for the public, right? Not for me. Because uh, some people are cooking and they're saying, well, I cook this, but I wouldn't eat it. Right. You yeah. So I mean? obviously, you, you, for you, it's different. You, got, yeah. you, you don't put it out unless you can put it in, in your body in yourself. The, in my body, yeah. Yeah. So, so that's how I approach, how I you know, display my craft.
the type of food that you have, I mean, it is fast food, for lack of a better word. It is fast food, but there's something quite different about, like, the ingredients and the types of things that you are putting in your food so that, you know, go into your body and then go into your customer's body, obviously. So can you tell, can you tell the audience about, you know, what sets your food apart? And more importantly is like why you've chosen to cook that way. Well, so first, uh, good question. So I believe in, the first process of success is a healthy body, yeah. right? And a healthy mind. And then when you equate the two, it comes down to healthy eating, healthy food, right? So for me, I decided that because I'm into health and I mean, nothing about other restaurants or food out there or anything like that. For me, I figure more or less well, I need to create something that's healthy that I can eat every day and not feeling like today I won't eat that because I can't consume too much of that. <laughs> right? So I, I wanted to create something that, that I can, I can eat any time of the day and every day and still feel good. Right. So that's what, that's what, what um, I've wrapped my mind around and decided like, you know what? I need to create natural spices, right? So being Jamaican, so I, I tell you, I went into one of the markets in Jamaica. You, you know, all the Caribbean and yeah. even Africa, right? Yeah. It's a, yeah Market it's a, are hustling, bustling, all the spices and the herbs are smelling in the ear and you're feeling good. Like, man, this is smell great. The thought came to me then, what if I, you know, purchase some of these stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And just bring back to Canada. From the market. From the market and put them together. So, you know, you bring in pretty much everything from the market is pretty much organic. Yeah. Right. So when you bring it back, I bring it back and I start fooling around trying to make this traditional jerk seasoning. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have it in my house for a while and I make it and have it in jars, right? So I just left it there and never thought much of it because, you know, you're doing a nine to five, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're doing a nine to five and you say, well, this is great, but this can't pay the bills, right? Yeah. yeah. So you put it on the shelf, you leave it there, right? And you go back to the nine to five because somehow you, you got to survive, right? You got to gotta have a job right you gotta so, pay the bills yeah yeah but what what i created it and just left it there but it, it i used some of it and it was great and in my mind i'm like man you know you know your your thoughts and imagination start running right you're like what if i create more of this stuff how do i get my hands in more of this raw material so so leading from that um i had it on the shelf um the nine to five didn't quite work out. Mm -hmm, it came mm -hmm. to an end. <laughs> For some reason, when it came to an end, I wasn't worried at all, right? So when that when that when that came to an end, yeah. Did did, did you look at, at at all of those jars in your in your in your basement or wherever and say, okay, now's the time? While having a nine to five, I always say, you know what? Is this gonna be my end? Just go into a nine to five till I 
I die. Mm. And I said to myself, no, Easton, you know, I can provide a healthier choice for people when it comes to food. Yeah. And if I leave this nine to five, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Is make it healthy. Make it healthy. And I'm like, you know, you, you, you say this thing to yourself, but, you know, you're like, yeah, if I get the chance, right? So when I got the opportunity, I, I said, yeah, this is it. Maybe God is telling me, you've been saying this all along, and now I'm going to open this avenue for you. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get you, um, you're going to leave this place, and I'm going to see what you're going to do with this opportunity. Wow. That's... So, you know, I, I listened to that voice. Yeah. And I just decided, you know what? I'm going to take a leaf of faith. And this thing has been nagging me. And I said, I'm going to create the spice. And the spice is going to take me to the restaurant. So it wasn't just creating the spice and stop there. Right, right. So, you know, we create the spice and we're selling it. It was all over the stores. Yeah, sell it. yeah. Some stores and stuff like that. But then I found it wasn't enough. I right. So, <laughs> so you, you, let, let me just, let me just step back. So you, 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 you have this nine to five and whatever, whatever happens is it, it comes to an end and, and somehow it coming to an end, you instead, instead of being sad about it, you see that as an opportunity, which people don't, that, that, that probably to me is, is, is the main ingredient, if you will. Right. Is that something coming to an end like that the stability of that, the, 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 the routine of that coming to an end, instead of moping about it, you're like, oh, there's an opportunity here, which is, which is kind of unique. So I love that. But then now you're looking at all these ingredients, these fresh ingredients that you've sourced from the market and you've put it into yeah. these jars and you've created a little bit of a, a, an avenue for them. <laughs> and again, you're thinking opportunity to leap to the restaurant? Is that like, am I getting yeah. that right? Yeah. <laughs> It's crazy, right? It's madness, madness. Yeah, yeah. I, I tell you what, I, when, I talk, when, the thing, when I tell people, uh, yeah, I'm creating the sauce, right? Uh, I'm pretty sure everybody's thinking that, okay, we're not going to say no, but uh, this can't pay the bills. But there was always something that, that desire that telling me, you know, I wasn't listening to anyone. It was just listening to my own mind, my own thoughts, right? And my own mind and thoughts are telling me like, it just felt right. It just felt like this was a desire that was, I, I, I tell you what, there was nothing I have experienced like that in my life where I never felt fear of moving forward on, on that journey. Not one day I ever felt like, oh my God, I made a mistake here. Mm. I felt like, I would rather die than give this up. Hmm. You were that passionate. I was, it was that conviction I had. Like I see, I see it in my imagination that this would work. What everybody else is thinking, I'm like, don't worry about me, guys. I see the picture clearly how I want it to unfold, but I know that it's going to take massive amount of work and sacrifice. To get to get to that point, and I, I and you know um, I I knew that it was not going to be easy. And you know you, you never you you really as you're going you don't really think about 
how hard it's, it's going to be. You know, you're just saying, okay, today I'll, I'll get this done. Tomorrow I'll get that done. And each day that comes, you, you kind of get whatever you have to get done. And when you look back, you're like, holy crap. I get so much done, done right? So it's just... It's just that thing. And, and people who go after whatever their purpose is, man, they have that same feeling. like That same know, drive, yeah. That same, that same, I don't feel, I don't feel afraid. Yeah, listen, I, 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 I love what you're saying because this is so much more than just, you know, a conversation about a restaurant, right? This is a conversation yeah. about life. It's a conversation about seeing opportunity versus like, decline it's it's such an interesting mindset that you have and i think it's really refreshing and i hope all the listeners are taking that in um i'm gonna ask you though about you know covid you're a small business small but mighty yeah. i mean i'm telling you like it, it, it and and people please if you're in the toronto area you're passing through the toronto area whatever don't take my word for it don't take easton's word for it go taste it and you will see the difference in the food you will see the ingredients coming through um in the flavors uh, Jerk Up Central, I think it's on Brimley. Yeah, Brimley and Shepherd. Brimley and Shepherd, perfect. But it, it's COVID now, right? And for a small bit, yeah, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like all, all, all I'm seeing is like, man, it's COVID. He's got the restaurant. What, like, what happens now? So I know it's not been happy days. It's, it has been happy days for anybody, you know, whether you're in a white collar or, or blue collar role or wh- wherever your life is, COVID has not been friendly. But how have you, uh, how's, how's it been, man? So, you know, my business now is only probably about four years, right? Which is a lifetime for restaurants, by the yeah, way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. COVID is actually a year old now, right? COVID is one year, so. Yeah, it was, it was right now when we're talking, it's exactly, yeah, a year since yeah, the pandemic. So, so when I first, I give you a story leading up to COVID, right? Sure, sure, yeah. Yeah, and you'll see you know, all the different things that, that can happen, right? So the first year of the business, it's kind of a write-off. You're just trying to get yourself into the game, right? You know, you don't have any customer. You're trying to build yeah. a relationship with the community, with people. You're trying to get friends. And, you know, your friends are going to be a biggest supporter because they're going to show up. Right? They're going to show up and they're going to make sure that they, they support you in that way, right? So the first year is like, who you know, and then you hope, who you know tell somebody. Second year, you, you kind of, you kind of build one and two customers. Yeah, and you some new to, faces walking in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you move into a new phase. Now it's year second. So the second year, it was going along, and then the the city, the city of Scarborough, decided that they're going to do major construction on. A lot of the streets, right? Mm-hmm. Brimley was one of the streets. They dug up Brimley from Shepherd all the way up to, I think it was Finch. Both sides of the road was dug up. like. So you know, no, there is no traffic coming around your restaurant? Hardly any. People are trying to avoid. Right. Brimley, right. Oh, because it's creating traffic, yeah, right? So yeah, people are going yeah. away from you. Oh. People are going away from me. And I said to myself, how am I going to survive this? Because, I mean, this is my second year. I haven't built anything. So you start saying to yourself, well, 
bad location, bad timing, right? All right, bad timing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What can, when? What can you do? Right? What like can you, you do? Right? You can't you predict can't, that. No. So I said to myself, "Well, we got to keep going. We got to keep going till the money runs out." <laughs> wow! Wow! Yeah. I'm so because okay. I mean, like there, there's days that. Uh, there would be no customer because of the construction. I was going to say, who's going to go in there? No, because, you know, your lunchtime is people have half an hour, one hour. They're not going to line up for half an hour in traffic. So, you know, it, it, you pray about it. <laughs> you say, Father, if it's thy will, let it be done, right? So I said, okay, I need to get creative. I need to get creative because I'm not going out like this. All right, so I said, okay. I need to build a relationship. So I, I opened one day, I guess, or I opened one day, and two young guys walk in. They were working on the construction site. Right? And I was like, they're like, hey, uh, you have any patties and stuff like that? I said, yeah. So I said, hey, man, you guys are, you guys are putting me out of business. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, you guys are putting me out of business and I just start business. You guys start digging up the street here. He's like, I know, man, we're sorry, but it's not us, it's the city, right? So they talked to me for a couple of times and they're like, tell you what, we'll put the word out that there's a spot down here where people can come and get food from the site because there's a whole bunch of guys working on the street, right? So I was like, yeah, that would be great, man. And it so happened that these guys, these two guys start telling guys on the street, this guy got great food. Yeah. Check him out. He has a lunch special. And tell you, believe it or not, <laughs> during the lunchtime, I was serving these guys from the site. On, they would come for lunch. They would buy some stuff to take home. And it would, this was happening every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant, right? right? Yeah, That's was, brilliant. And, but the funny thing with the construction is there's different crews that come to do different things. You'd have a guy, a set of guys who come and dig the road up and that's yeah. all they do. And then you have another set of guy who comes and he does, he does the sewage, right? So these are totally- It's, it's a different crew, different skill set, different, different people at different the end of the day. Coming in. The construction was a blessing. Oh my goodness, I, I love that. Thing that we see as a setback becomes the blessing. And I tell you this, believe it or not, maybe if the construction wasn't there, I would have got that much business. 99.9% of the people, if their sorts of regular income, sorts of like steady routine, like I said before, when that comes to an end, there is a level of anxiety that was is, would overwhelmingly, understandably overwhelm a normal, uh, like most people. You said the word opportunity. <laughs> when I, I'm just thinking about, you know, construction, tearing up roads, whatever. Yeah, like that is the death knell for a business. Yes. That needs people to come in. It's yeah. it's just, it, you need new customers. Yeah. So you, and so, through all of that, you're finding a way. You know, I listened to this guy, Earl Nightingale, right? Mm, okay. Okay. He gave a story about Acres of Diamond. It always resonated with me. So... Sometimes we're looking outside for that acres of diamond and standing, it's right in front of you and you don't even see it. It's right there. And 
for me, the construction guys were, was my acre of diamond. So I could have said to myself, well, I'm defeated. I'm going to close the door because these guys dig up the road and I won't get in the customer. So I didn't take that route. I says, okay, Easton, acres of diamond. Look for it. It's standing right in front of you. Literally there. Literally in front of me. So that's what I did. And, you know, talk about COVID, right? We're on a lockdown. So you got to understand from the construction to now COVID. So I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. From one to the other now. So I'm just like, I'm done. I am done. So you got to understand this. The first day the lockdown happened, I think I made $50 for the whole day. <laughs> that can discourage anyone, right? Oh, yeah. Right? So I said to myself, don't panic. This is just the first day. Everybody is shocked just like you. So think of it that way. Everybody, what you're feeling right now, everybody, even people that doesn't have a business is feeling the same way. So everybody is a shock and nobody's moving. It's like that shock and awe. Yeah, everybody, everything stands still. So I said, okay, I'm going to ride this. Let's see what happened, right? So... March, you know, you still got your family, your core supporters, like coming to cheer you on same way, like keep going, keep going. Right. So, you know, you start, I said to myself, how do I overcome COVID? And I always say, give them, whichever customer comes in, give them the best of you. Because that's going to ensure that even if this guy is on lockdown, you will think about you and come back out. <laughs> right? So with that in mind, I, I decided like, no, I got to create a whole new lunch crowd. So this is the way I could create it where people would like, because everyone was told to stay home, just get food. So I make sure that the food is like on top. So when they come and get a plate of food, they want to come back and they'll tell their friend, hey, listen, Go to jerk up. The food is great. It's healthy. And I push that healthier choice on them because yeah. now we have to build up our immune system and make it stronger and all this stuff, right? True. All of that is true. Uh, yeah. This is where you want to eat. The first, and then, you know, you get if the summer comes around and still we're going through COVID. And then they loosen up a bit. So you get creative. I put my tent outside. I play some music. People come in. They, you know, everybody wants to loosen up a bit, right? You know, you got through the first wave and you're like, okay, it's not, you know, went through, you you survive. Bam, they're like second wave, you locked down. (laughs) (laughs) But no, but you know, now you have some experience, right? Yeah, yeah. You have some experience from the first one, but now you start thinking it's COVID, it's the winter. People's not going to be able to move around. And they can't go outside. You can't do the tents. It's like, uh, you got the Uber, you got all the platform to but then people are running out of money. So how often can you use Uber before you look at your visa, your credit cards, you're like, shit, this is adding up, right? But then, you know, we create a lot of new customers. So, you know, in every circumstances, there's opportunity. And I look for the opportunity. I, I don't look to, to look at the doom and the gloom. I said, okay, here's COVID. What is my opportunity in COVID? How can I how can I be the best of me in COVID? What can I 
pull out of me during the time of COVID? What can I give my customer? How can I show that I'm not giving up? Man, I tell you, Easton, I'm so jacked up. You know, for people who are listening, I know this is this is one of those conversations where you think it's about food, but it's not about food, but it is about food. Yeah, so yeah. for me, it's like, well, you know what? If you don't think the food is good, you got to taste it. Because at the end of the day, flat out, if the food isn't good, people aren't coming back. Those crews are not telling people to go back into your store, into your uh, into the shop. So, you know, the, the, the food is not just good, healthy, healthy. Sorry, that's so that's you see. So you see, the health perspective from that is that Jerk Up Central is a uh, it's the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And when we say a healthier choice, here's the healthier choice. We only use grain-fed chicken. We're probably the only Caribbean spot that use grain-fed chicken, grass-fed meat, right? So our, our meat is, we try to get the highest quality only use local farmers to source our product, right? And I always brag about this to my customer. In the restaurant, we don't use any powder spice, zero. Everything that we cook is made in house, <laughs> right? So as fresh as fresh can be. Yeah. And, and I said, you can't get any more healthier than that. I could, I can hands down put my my reputation out there that what we serve up is for everybody but not for everybody if you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) no it's for everybody because if you're looking for especially in the time of covid everybody's looking to eat healthy right yeah and they they want flavor and they want taste right and that's what we offer we offer great flavor, great taste, healthy. And you can feed it to your kids. You can feed it to your grandmother. Yeah. And you, you know what I mean? And you, you can eat this stuff and rest assured that you're getting the best of the best. So there you have it. The conversation continues. Now remember that part of our show was recorded and produced at Culturalite Studios, the soundstage and auditory office of this show, 54 Lights. Music for this episode was composed, played, and enjoyed with permission by E-Roll Beats. A special thanks to Easton Robinson for sharing his remarkable story. Easton, I've, uh, I've known your food for years, and today's conversation was a great way for me to properly understand why it's so special, because of the care that you put into it. Though I've known you for years, I got to know you even better today. I'd also like to thank you, the listener, for tuning in today and lending us your ears, and hopefully down the road, paying a visit to Jerk Up Central. If you like what you've heard, well, there's more. Our upcoming roster of shows will include inspiring conversations with change agents, entrepreneurs, and other inspiring artists from the continent and beyond. Now, as I mentioned earlier, the next few shows will focus squarely 
food. Get your ears perked and your forks out. Now, if this is your first foray into this light show, please subscribe, rate the show, and of course, enjoy all our episodes, past, present, and those yet to come. You can find us wherever you do your listening, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many, many more. If you enjoy some social sprinkled in with your experience, please follow us on Instagram or Twitter under our handle, Crowd54. Listen, like, share. This is your host, Kandwani Mwase. It's been a pleasure and a privilege. Until we meet again. Thanks for listening.